Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome in to DC On Screen, episode 201. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Uh, this is a show about the DC Universe properties being released on film and television. We do talk spoilers, so if it's been officially released in any capacity, we will talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, I feel uh, like that's foreshadowing. Was hmm? that, that foreshadowing? <laughs> no, it's just I never, I never remember to say it. Oh, you just... So I'm trying to get back on that. Trying horse. to practice form. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. stop interrupting your practice there. <laughs> oh, sweetie, no, you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> last year, we started a promotion for uh, iTunes and Stitcher reviews. One of us would draw a character of your choosing and send it out uh, to you. Uh, that, that promotion has since ended. We are working on the last of those pictures. So for Eli Ophelders, Mark Lemke, Jeffrey Serbosik, Jason Smith, and Freddie Ubaldo, we have not forgotten you. Mm-hmm. We have not forsaken you. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I have one that I, I can't get right or even close to right. Even as close as I would normally like let it go and go, ah, it's probably close mm-hmm. enough. I, it's just staring me in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. <laughs> But we are, as of this episode, officially starting a new promotion. Uh, our friends at the Suicide Squad cast have been doing this promotion, or a similar promotion. I did talk to them prior to this announcement. They're cool with it. They gave their blessing their blessing for us to kind of take their idea and run with it. We're going to hawk um, it. <laughs> they're actually cooking up some new ideas for a promotion, and I'm kind of interested to see what they come up with. Mm-hmm. But here's what we're doing now. Uh Go give us a five-star review on iTunes, and you will be entered into a contest for every ten reviews that we get. We'll randomly select a winner using a random number generator. The winner will get a DC Comics trade paperback of their choosing that's worth $15 or less, or, and this is our twist on it because we're DC on screen, you can also choose a DVD or a Blu-ray that's $15 or less. Just send us a link on Amazon, and we'll send it out to you. But uh, you got to... You gotta write those those reviews, man. Five star reviews on iTunes, and then you can own a copy of Green Lantern, like <laughs> director's edition. <laughs> Are I you... think Man of Steel is like seven bucks. Yeah, you might be able to get both for under fifteen. For God's sake, you know what? If you look around. You can find kind of a lot for fifteen dollars or less as far really as can. DVDs and Blu-rays are. And uh, like, and for TPVs and stuff, I've got just I've got a wish list. Uh, uh, about every month, I, I go ahead and let myself buy another one of the TPVs that I've got my eye on. Mhm. Mhm. And there was last month where I bought three, and then I went broke. <laughs> I'm not a moneyed individual. I'm sorry, man. Um, I mean, I'm not either. <laughs> Poppers. I feel you. I do. Uh, so jumping into some light news real quick. Did you see this honest trailers that they did for Watchmen? Screen junkies did for Watchmen. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, pretty damn funny. It, a lot of the, uh, I've seen the, the, uh, the honest trailers for it. And then the, um, uh, I think, I, I think I watched the movie sins for Watchmen. I may have imagined mm-hmm. that. Um, 
all funny points. Doesn't mean I don't still freaking love that movie. Right. <laughs> but the honest trailer though makes uh, makes a point that like I literally left the theater and the first thing I said to somebody about the movie was there's a lot of blue penis in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Just tons of blue penis. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They did a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Um I usually like the honest s- trailers. And I forget they exist completely and then I'll sit down and like you'll you'll send me one and I'll end up losing like an hour cuz Mhm. That's the way it happens. Yeah. So did you watch Everything Wrong with Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice that CinemaSense put out? I did. I did. Look, man. You know, oh, I, I posted uh, I posted that on our Facebook page. I put news up every, pretty much every day. Yeah. A whole bunch of news all throughout the day. And um, it actually upset people that I posted that. They were like, we're sick of this shit. Stop, you know, making fun of the things and... I'm sorry. I just—it was funny. We just thought it was funny. I'm sorry. We agree with the. With, we thought it was a good movie. We've, we're on record as as stating that. Yeah, Cinema Sins like For better I don't or like, worse, mostly worse. <laughs> Cinema Sins—they're just funny. They're they're everything wrong with uh, videos are are always an enjoyment to me. They pick apart. Uh, hell, I've watched them pick apart the Avengers and just went, yeah, well, still love it. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> I and like, I, I did. Like both, I, you know? I did though. I was I was torn on this one. I, about about forty percent of his uh, critiques, I'm like, nah, man, just go watch the Ultimate Edition. It it really was like right? a, a fair amount of it. I'm like, ah, oh, man, that that totally that totally got solved. And then there was another mm-hmm. probably twenty thirty percent that I thought, eh, you know, I mean, it's a funny line and all, but that's a bullshit sin count. That's that's mm-hmm. that's uh. It helps tally your meter up, but that's about it. And then there's another 20-30% yeah. where I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I totally know. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, that could have uh, been done better. Could have been done if better. You guys, if you haven't seen it, and I don't, I don't think I sent this to you. I don't know if we, you've seen it. Uh, I did post it on the Facebook page. I for, totally forgot about it and putting this show together. So my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, someone put out a video that is showing all of the uh, – Showing basically showing how Iron Man two and Batman v Superman are the same movie. You told me about it, and I, it was, I, I forgot about that thing. It was pretty fra- pretty fantastic. It's it's funny as hell. That sounds um, great though. Some of it relies solely on how the guy talks or how he describes the scene. Uh huh. Like, and then as the big bad guy is ravaging the place, uh, <laughs> the two red laser beams come out, and it's like Iron Man's two re- two red laser beams with you know Superman's. Uh, <laughs> heat vision, so uh, is is funny. But the, some of the similarities are pretty are pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm saying it's completely truthful, but it's it's pretty funny the way he did it. <laughs> anyway, um, the Joker has officially been in film and television for fifty years. Oh wow! Yeah, Cesar Romero, sixty six. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but still, damn. Yeah. All right, so this is dropping today. This is a bit of news that dropped today. The rap, and I I feel you. I know what you're going to think. The rap, though, is making a claim. They have a source, so they're not citing who it is, that says that Warner Brothers has Man of Steel 2 in heavy development. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ran across that they're one. saying, Man of Steel is the top priority for the studio. Um, they, they're trying to get the character right for audiences. Uh, I don't know that I believe it. Everyone's reporting on it. Thought I'd let you guys know that uh, we are aware of that. It is an unsubstantiated as of yet, but kind of believable and probably true thing. Mm, yeah, maybe. I'm saying it's a rumor. 
I don't know, and I kind of don't care. We've got Justice League coming up. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. And whatever, whatever you're going to get, too, whatever. Like whenever you're going to get is going to be after Justice League. So yeah, most likely. Yeah. I mean, can't it can't not be unless. Well, let me ask you this though: filming that while, like, if they're sneaking it into the Justice League filming while they're in London there or something, but. Mm-hmm. Like on the page, they actually posed a pretty nice question. I thought I'd ask you: What villain do you want to see in Man of Steel two? Oh. I mean, we've already had Luthor. We've had uh, Doomsday. That's actually a really good question. I'm kind of digging on Brainiac, but... uh, Because I want to eventually get to the Brainiac-Luthor combination. Like, from Alan Moore's Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like that as much. And Brainiac's really just not one of my favorites. Mm. Maybe a Metallo or something. But you know what I think they should do? And since they're already doing it, kind of, Mm -hmm. in one direction, they have... uh, Tyler Hecklin, which pronunciation provided by Scott of the Suicide Squad cast. Thank you. Thank I you. didn't know how to, I didn't know how to say that shit. <sighs> Tyler Hecklin is playing Superman over on Supergirl. We need somebody to play Supergirl over in Man of Steel. We have that pod from that crashed scout ship in Man of Steel that was broken open. That was the little like, hey, there might be another Kryptonian running around. Right. I say we do Supergirl. Hmm. We could do someone who was like. Um, I don't know, possessed by Brainiac. That would be cool. That would be a cool way. I just want that tied up, really. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I don't know. I've always kind of liked Parasite, but he he's he's a one-trick pony. Yeah. I don't know if Parasite could sustain an entire movie. Not a movie. I mean, he, he does fine for an episode, but that's really about mm-hmm. it. Um, if you just want to mm-hmm. do like a, a... Oh, man, if it, I would love to do uh, just a 10-minute like bonus feature where he's fighting Mr. Mixus. Mixus, Mixus I was about to say that. Like, I just want a special feature because you can't make a movie out of that shit. It'll be bizarre. I don't know. It might be the Suicide Squad that everyone actually wants. Right. <laughs> it's changing the face of the things. Yeah. Uh, Cyborg Superman might have enough in it, but I'd probably want to rename him. Feels yeah. like Bizarro's been done. Prankster's basically, just, you know, a terrible Joker. <laughs> yeah, I um, I wouldn't mind seeing Jesse Eisenberg come back as Luthor. That wouldn't. That would be my first thought, to be honest. And uh, it would not be a popular one because he was not well loved. No. I also love the idea that he is Lex Luthor Jr. We know that. I also love the idea of someone like Brian Cranston coming in and playing playing senior. the real Lex Luthor and playing him the way everybody yeah. thought they were going to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, time to fix some shit. Time to hell to the king that shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, I liked the Eisenberg Luthor. Why can't we have both? Right. Let's bring in my old Clancy Brown Luthor, you know? No, bring Actually, in like I a, would be like a perfectly okay. Um... No, screw Cranston. I really like the idea of just bringing in Clancy Brown. <laughs> you always do. As I've, I've heard you mention it several times, and the moment you get your like your head set on, oh yeah, Clancy Brown, you just you abandon all other theories. I do. It's uh, not even theories, hopes, all dreams. other hopes, dreams, leads. <laughs> well, bring in whoever old or old version you want, and uh, you know, escort it mm-hmm. so that by the end of the movie, uh, you know, Jesse Eisenberg's hatred for his dad actually gets him on the same side as Superman for a minute. Yeah, that seems inevitable, right? And fun. Just turn Jesse Eisenberg into the John Cryer of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, let's do it. Let's do all of the versions. Multiverse, mm-hmm. bitch. Anyway, I'm getting too excited. I know. Take one <laughs> of your pills. It happens so quickly. Take one of your pills real quick. And we'll, we'll come back in a few minutes. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Remember to hum the girl for me we're giving it for you? Yeah. I kind of wish this is one of those times where I wish this was a uh, a visual experience for people because I'd love to put up the place card with, like, I don't know, the, the camera technician just drinking booze and passed out or something. Mm, yeah. 
Like he it stays on him for a full minute, and about at the thirty second mark, his cigarette falls out of his mouth and lights his jacket on fire. <laughs> Just as the flames are about to start nipping the top bottom of his chin, we come back. We need to do more videos. <laughs> All right, guys. We can't even uh, afford the we're books do- we're about to send these people. We don't have a budget for that shit, man. <laughs> All right, so we are going to jump into some other news in just a second, but we are, as you know, sponsored by Loot Crate. Uh, Loot Crate, if you aren't aware, is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate and when the cutoff happens, that is it. It is over. Uh, make sure to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up and enter the code giant size team up to save $3 on any new subscription. Uh, this month, they are doing anti heroes. So August is for anti heroes, guys. Hmm. Who would have thought? I know. Guess what movie just came out? <laughs> So you can walk the hero-villain line with this 100% exclusive collection of items from DC Comics, Archer, Dark Horse, and Kill Bill that includes two great collectibles, a wearable, and, of course, the monthly tee. And don't forget the pin. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're dealing with. Go check out lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up. All right, on to more news. More news! Suicide Squad, the topic that is on everyone's lips, or in their toilet from the vomit, because <laughs> apparently a lot of people hated this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's what I'm told anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one I know who's seen it has had a negative reaction to it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I really haven't run into anybody that, uh, that didn't enjoy it. Well, let me qualify that. No one I know who's seen it that has spoken to me about it. I, I mean, yeah. Has had a We're, negative I reaction. I haven't fully, you know, like fully, uh, investigated everyone in my life to make sure they've done this, but I, I just kind right. of, um, no one, yeah, no one's told me anything bad about it. Maybe they were just trying to spare my feelings or something. Yeah. So, anyway, even though, just like with BVS, the reports are coming in that there's been huge drop-offs and this isn't going to last, Suicide Squad is number one in the world right now, domestically making $133 million, almost $134 million, so mm-hmm. $133,682,248. And 133 million 300 thousand in foreign markets, uh, bringing it to 266 million 982 thousand 248. Um, they are going to experience a huge drop. I don't know if they're going to make their. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to make their money back because China has officially said they're not going to pl- be playing Suicide Squad. Why Suicide Squad? They don't like it. They don't want it in their theaters. They have some issues with the violence and whatnot. It's just it's China, man. They just decide not to Chinatown, play Chinatown, man. Sometimes. I don't know. Um, I don't know why they would do yeah, that. Yeah, China is a huge market, so that is a really big blow. It's a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is really going to hurt. And it seemed like they kind of went out of their way to, um, you know, PG-13 it so they could make sure it got everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell. It's, uh... I would actually like to see. Hold on. Let's see. Okay, maybe it's not official yet. I thought it was official. Sorry. Oh, there's still hope? Yeah, there might be still hope. Okay. All right, well, I'm in that. It may not be appearing in China. Yeah. Which means a few hundred million dollars out yeah. the door. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, so yeah, all the reports are saying it's likely it likely won't get released in China. Um, sorry, I read that wrong earlier. But yeah, so that's that's rough anyway. And uh, but David Ayer like has responded to the negative criticism of Suicide Squad um, with a quote from Emiliano Zapata: "I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees." Um, he said the Zapata quote is my way of saying I love the movie and believe in it. Made it for the fans. Best experience of my life. Um, by the way, they are taking the BVS route. All the castmates are saying we made it for the fans. So, you know, I mean, I don't. There's no really. There's no real reaction to such negative negative reviews. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, giving them shit for that. Yeah. Um. I mean, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. It's it's pretty much in your contract, actually. Yeah. Um. So. John Ostrander said he liked Suicide Squad. He did admit that he was biased, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he created pretty much the modern iteration of the Suicide Squad uh, in the seventies. Um, he he wrote a very long, very fun piece. He did address issues that he had with the film. Um, I it, like many of the critics, he didn't quite get that Amanda Waller is the bad guy of the movie. But hey, you know. But um, he did also talk about how his wife, his late wife, used to be a film critic and how they would go to these movies and or go to movies and critics would actually just be like show up chomping at the bit to destroy the movie. So he did talk about that, like how there is a uh, a bias, like people can go in actually hoping to to see a bad movie and will and ready to destroy it. Right. Um, but it was a very long piece he wrote. Um, he did like the movie quite a bit. He says. Um, Jared Leto is kicking up kind of a stink. A little bit. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been on multiple, multiple platforms. He's been on BBC radio. He's, he's been, uh, he's talked to IGN. Um, he's not happy. It seems he asked IGN, were there any scenes of mine that didn't get cut? I'm asking you, were there any that didn't get cut? <laughs> there were so many scenes that got cut from the movie. I couldn't even start. There was so much that we shot that's not in the film. We shot so much footage. There are so many scenes that are not in the film. Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know. I didn't exactly. I don't. I didn't know exactly what's been cut out, but I do understand it's, it's an introduction. It's an introduction to the Joker now. It's a bit more of a supporting part than maybe it could have been if they used everything. Yeah. Um. He's he's kind of an egotist, egotistical jackass, I think, because <laughs> the BBC one, BBC Radio one. Uh, appearance with Edith Bowman. Um, he's talking about how it could have made an entire movie, an entire Joker movie. He says, I think that I brought so much to the table in every scene that it was probably more about filtering all of the insanity because I wanted to give a lot of options. And I think there's probably enough footage in this film for a Joker movie. If I were to die tomorrow, maybe the studio would roll something out. That's actually probably true, though. Yes, but, you know... In all fairness. Dude, it's not really tactful to sit there and talk about how much you brought to the table. I couldn't tell how he meant it, though. Like, I couldn't tell if he meant, like, dude, I brought my A-game. Or if he literally meant I brought, like, 15 different options for each scene. Right. If he was just... If he meant... If 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 that's meant to be technical information, like no seriously, I I had like a dozen different ways to do each take, and we shot all of them. Like we spent all day, like I spent weeks of my life coming up with ways to do this. You know, then mm-hmm. it sounds a lot less egotistical. If if it's, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what he meant though. Now, he he also pissed. said, yeah, he in the interviews he seems really pissed, like very quiet, very annoyed. 
Um, he says that he wished that the movie had been PG-13. He said he felt R- like it was held R- back. R- Sorry, yeah, he wished it had been R-rated. He he felt like it was being held back by being PG-13. Yeah. He um he says, I always wish this film was R-rated. I, and I had actually said that when we were starting. I felt like if this was a film... Sorry, so felt like if... <sighs> A film was go- ever going to be rated R, it should be the one about the villains. So, I don't know, maybe not the best foot forward while the movie's out in theaters, man. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Rob Rivera on Facebook says, I think his part was pretty substantial and I could see how they would have filmed more. I also see how uh, his part in the movie was limited. Uh, Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Muzzy, sorry, buddy. Mm. Also on our Facebook page said, are you guys worried at all that Leto might go off on the reservation for DC? He seems unhappy about how the movie turned out. And I'm sure the waves ripples he's making aren't sitting well with the studio. He definitely doesn't depend on this alone for his livelihood. It reminds me a little of Joss Whedon after age of Ultron came out. I don't love this Joker's look, but his acting was fine. We didn't get enough for me to say he felt great or bad, and I'd hate to see in fighting, recasting, etc. Me personally, I'm okay with recasting, and here's why. Jeff John says there's three Jokers. <laughs> Until I know more about that though. No. I I I've, you know I'm always against recasting if it can possibly be avoided and uh this is I no know, exception. But too. in answer to his question, yes of course I'm worried. Except I mean, the thing I'd like mm-hmm. to know more about is his contract. Like, was he signed up for the Joker when it needs to appear, mm-hmm. up to X number of appearances, which is kind of the way I normally hear about that going down. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Well, if Jared Leto's right and they have enough to make an entire Joker movie, they don't really need him, do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for God's sake, give me that B-side, man. Give me that film. Right. I, I mean, I'd love to see all of that footage. I, I, I would. I liked his Joker. I wanted to see more. Of, and that was the first thing, literally the first comment when the film ended was I, I said I, I wanted more Joker. Mm-hmm. First thing I said. And the reason I, I thought that was, you know, I, I remember from, like from trailers, things that didn't show up in the movie. Absolutely. And there were set pictures like the um, Harley, like Margot uh, Robbie did her own motorcycle stunts. Uh-huh. There was that whole scene where she like, where he like slap, where like he slaps Harley. Um, she's in like plain clothes and whatnot. Like all of that got cut. Like so much got cut. Oh yeah, it's it keeps seeming like um, the more and more we hear as as things are unraveling, it seems like they had the idea to make it a movie that was largely based around Harley and mm-hmm. use the Joker as the the you know the the side story for her the mm-hmm. the thing that pushes her along as far as her uh, her character or, what, or how much you care about her. And I don't know mm-hmm. at what point they decided to to, to not do that anymore. But it it feels like they decided, you know what, we've got enough Deadshot story here that we can centralize mm-hmm. this around Deadshot. Like we can make this mm-hmm. a Will Smith movie instead and chuck the Joker stuff, like most of the the Joker Harley stuff. And, and um, maybe it was I don't I'm not saying there's anything dubious there. Maybe they sat down and watched all the footage and went, crap, we're, this is called Suicide Squad, and we just made it a Harley Quinn movie. I think we got to pull back. There, there might be that, and there are some reports, and I don't know what the truth is. They they. These are rumors. No one official has confirmed this, but there are reports that David Ayer only had six weeks to write the damn thing. Um, that would explain my other, my main grievance with the movie. Because mm-hmm. um, again, and I'll preface again, liked the movie, but me too. It's it it, it <laughs> fell flat of a couple of things because those trailers were amazing, and then I got it and I was like, oh, it's a movie. It's it's like meeting mm-hmm. your you know favorite athlete or something, and then going, oh, I mean, he's big, but he's just, he's a dude. Um, yeah, it. Kind of, it was it was cookie cutter, you know. Mm-hmm. It was I've told a couple of people this. It's the Dirty Dozen set in the DC universe, um, 
which sound it sounds like I'm I'm ragging on it. Like it is cookie cutter and is, but it's also just a perfectly serviceable film that I enjoyed the hell out of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you have so much for one character or two characters joker and harley and then you're kind of like what is the actual point of the story who are we following here yeah kind of will smith is the only one really redeemable one yeah <laughs> i mean and think about a lot of the scenes that we've heard about that weren't in there and the stuff that we know we know is rumored um it when you're talking about redeemability like harley and joker's relationship is i let me put it this way i've rarely seen codependence so well portrayed in a film Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the most exaggerated form of it too. Um, it was really that that part. It was almost shocking to me that they went so far with it. But um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it's it's true. It's true for the characters. Like even Mad Love, which is just a, a cute little happy story for the most part. You know, in the, in the Bruce Tim style and everything. It's a really sick story when it comes down to like relationship abuse, mm-hmm. like so many other things with Joker and Harley. Um, so yeah, like I was surprised they done they went down that road. But like if you go too far down it, there are people that will stop sympathizing with Harley. Because after a minute, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, get out of there. Like, then they, you know. <laughs> yeah. You get that, that backlash effect for it. So maybe it did just get down to that point where we're like, look, we can't, we can't show all of this and still keep everyone, like, rooting for Harley. We have to keep, let's, let's go with the I want to see my kid. I want to see my kid storyline. No, no one yeah. can deny that. I'm in the theater watching this thing thinking he just wants to see his kid. I mean, it works. Yeah. It works every time, especially when yeah. Will Smith does it. Yeah, and you know, even with all the backstory on Harley, one of the things I really liked in the movie, and I've heard some people, you know, bemoan it, but um, they did the bit where Enchantress says, "What do you want?" Mm-hmm. and she kind of like throws like these like fantasies into these people into their heads, like whatever they really want deep down. And Harley's is to be in like a domestic suburban relationship with Joker, mm-hmm. with a couple of kids, and they're like, "Oh, it takes away who she is, her empowered." No bullshit. <laughs> What I love about it is spoilers for Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. <laughs> Shut up, Nana Harley. <laughs> <laughs> at some point she does break free, however, she does. Maybe it's with the death of Joker at some point or whatever, but she does eventually get that. <laughs> she does find what she wants, and that's what it is. Yeah. Now think of it like this. It's not so much like... Uh... It's not so much that it takes away from her character. Uh, part of a lot of why her character is fun is because she's just absolutely batshit crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And she says it in, her, in in the film, you know, own that shit. But um, and and she does. And this is how how we get the character that you're uh, that you're looking at here. Like she knows how mm-hmm. crazy she is. I mean, granted, she you know, I think she came with a little bit of that you know in the box, and <laughs> she looks like the Joker pretty much helped finish that process, I guess. Um, but either way, she is crazy. And when you go back to that other piece of footage, like, think about it as, it's just, it's not so much that she wants a domestic relationship with him, it's not like she wants to settle the Joker down and change him and all this, and like, mm-hmm. maybe she just doesn't want to be crazy. When it really comes down to it, like, she's going to own this yeah. Harley thing, but maybe she'd really like not to have voices in her head. Yeah. And in this case, she still has feelings for the Joker, so she'd like him not to be crazy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The, 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 the love of, I don't know. In terms of mental illness, the scene makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you didn't get enough of the Joker, Skrillex and Rick Ross did put out their their uh, their video. Purple Lamborghini does feature Jared Leto as the Joker. <clears throat> I, I do have a complaint about Purple Lamborghini. Okay. Not enough Joker. Not enough Joker. Just not enough yeah. Joker. Also, it did the same thing the movie did. The Joker's kind of front-heavy in the, in the, the music video, and then he shows mm-hmm. up for like two seconds at the end. <laughs> and there's like yep. a glimpse of him somewhere in the middle. 
Yeah. And I, that, it teased me, uh, too. Like, at the end, it looks like it's about to do something. Like, maybe even have, like, a tiny bit of a story to it, and then there's nothing. There's just nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah, happened. no. He's just kind of grandstanding, being there. He's just, yeah. there's not really much of, of anything there. And the whole time I'm just watching, um, thinking, when's he going to kill Rick Ross? When's he going to kill Skrillex? You know he's going <laughs> to kill Skrillex, right? I knew that I knew he wasn't, but I kept hoping. Yeah. I, I did not care for the music. It was not my deal. Yeah, not it my wasn't style. really my deal. Anyway, I thought I really want the Joker to kill Skrillex or Rick Ross. Anyway, so, well, on our Suicide Squad review, we talked about how we were pretty certain there probably would be an ultimate cut. David Ayer says, this cut of the movie is my cut. There is no sort of parallel universe version of the movie. The released movie is my cut. And that's one of the toughest things about writing, shooting, and directing a film. You end up with these orphans, and you love them, and you think they'd be amazing scenes and do these amazing things, but the film is a dictatorship. Yeah. Not a democracy. And just because something's cool and charismatic doesn't mean it gets to survive the final cut. The flow of the movie is the highest master. I like his philosophy there. And mm-hmm. if you're not going to do the Ultimate Edition, that's fine. But two things stand out. One, I damn well better get those as deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Two, <laughs> is is that not just like, did he not just pretty much agree with us that Zack Snyder's film got like completely taken out of his hands at the last stages and cut beyond recognition? Because he seems like he's juxtaposing Maybe. himself to like, no, this one is my film. There's not going to be an Ultimate. Like no one, uh, no one, no one unultimated my film. And you, you yeah. can almost hear in parentheses like they did Zack. Right. I mean, there are reports that there were multiple cuts of Suicide Squad and a lot of different test audience screenings, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even consider those like reports or rumors. That's always the case. Well, sure. Especially with one of these big um, budget films. Don't get me wrong. When somebody tosses $20 million at an upcoming yeah. director and hopes for the best, no, who cares? You don't get a focus mm-hmm. group for that. But when you toss this much money, yeah, you better you better be able to show them some focus group data. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming you heard about the premiere in New York. No. Uh so, Someone in the audience yelled out, uh, F Marvel. Classy. And stay classy, New York. And, uh, and David Ayer went, Yeah, F Marvel. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? So, uh, then he tweeted uh, a couple hours later, Sorry about getting caught up in the moment and saying F Marvel. Someone said it. I echoed, Not cool. Respect for my brother filmmakers. Right, so, right. you know, that's nice. Everyone get off his dick. He he said he was sorry. Same time. Brother filmmakers. What about your sister filmmakers? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, have there been any girls direct the Marvel movies? I don't know. I don't I don't recall it. There was for a there was for a minute. Hmm. Actually, I think Patty Jenkins was about to and then she left Thor. I think there was uh I think some someone did. Maybe Thor the Dark World. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't really remember. Yeah. But We'll look it up. Maybe it just DC wasn't show. applicable. All right. Uh, speaking of Patty Jenkins, though, she uh, she wrote, uh, Guys, super confused. Just went to the premiere of Suicide Squad. Had not seen it. It's great. Not sort of great. Great. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> she also reiterated that she she's not just saying that because she's part of the DC family. She actually did really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Suicide Squad, were you aware that Zack Snyder directed the Flash scene? I was not. Well, that happened. That sounds right, though. And David Ayer did say that 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 flash scene was always in the movie. By the way, mm-hmm. I love they just lucked they just lucked out with the fact that they already had the suit and everything, and Justice League was filming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey man, can you do this? Oh, cool, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I got so, I do have to admit though, I wish it hadn't been leaked. I would love to have been sitting in that theater and went. <gasps> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So me too. Yeah. 
So, moving on to television. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gotham, they've officially a neat, uh, they've officially released a synopsis for season three. Um, <laughs> the origin story continues on season three of Gotham and the stakes are higher than ever as supervillains more ambitious and depraved are introduced and a realignment of alliances shakes up the fight for power in Gotham city. Season three will peel back the curtain on the infamous criminal organization known as the court of owls. With the Indian Hill escapees on the loose, Jim Gordon must take matters into his own hands as a bounty hunter in Gotham. He makes it his mission to find Hugo Strange, the mastermind behind the horrifying Indian Hill experiments, and Fish Mooney, one of Strange's subjects. Meanwhile, GCPD Detective Harvey Bullock and Captain Nathaniel Barnes remain at the forefront of the fight against crime in this monster-ridden city. Also, Bruce Wayne, with the help of his trusted butler and mentor, Alfred Pennyworth, and former Wayne Enterprises employee Lucius Fox, discovers there are still more secrets to uncover regarding his parents' murders. As the city sinks deeper into chaos, Gotham will continue to follow the evolving stories of the city's most malevolent villains, the Penguin, Edward Nigma, the future Riddler, Selina Kyle, the future Catwoman, Barbara Keane, Tabitha Galavan, Tigress, um, and Butch Gilzean. The series will also catch up the, with the future Poison Ivy, who, after an encounter with a monster from Indian Hill, finds herself reborn as a young woman who's harnessed the full power of her charms. And That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> and we'll dive into the origin stories of Jervis Tetch, Mad Hatter, a talented hypnotist teetering on the edge of madness, mm-hmm. and the Tweed Brothers. That all sounds good until the Tweed Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> look at all this fun stuff we're going to do. Hey, also, look at this shitty thing we're going to tack on. So, um, <laughs> John Stevens, an EP on Gotham, is talking about here how uh, Gotham Season 3 will be split up. He says, We extend the longer story arcs in Season 3. We've made the story even more serialized in Season 3. Everybody goes through a major character metamorphosis throughout the course of the year. Um, we're doing 11 episodes in the fall, then there's three episodes in January, then the final run of seven or eight episodes in the spring. The three is not a self-contained series of episodes because it extends what we're doing in the fall, but it is an ended story, so we'll arc it out. Okay. So the, uh, so far the subtitle for the season is Heroes Will Fall, and they haven't said if there's a different subtitle for the rest of the season yet. Okay. Um, all right, so... They say they're going to serialize it more. Like, are we going to are we going to go back to season one then with the style? Or um, season one wasn't too serialized. I think they've been getting more serialized as they've, as they've been going, honestly, because mm. there were large swaths of season one that just had nothing to do with anything. Like <laughs> it was just standalone episodes, standalone episodes, standalone episodes. Yeah, like, that was one of our big complaints. Is it was very Lucifer. It was well, we didn't say that. We I think we said very Bones or something. But uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, even it's, though I've been told that that's not true about Bones, so I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I mean, it's it's very monster of the week in in season one. Now, and I, I don't know, I I kind of did like the like this year, like the the Joker story or Jerome story, whatever. You know, it's it's over in like four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it God I hated them leading out with that because it was like the best part of the season. Mm-hmm. I can do that. It's like tiny mini series. That that I, the format I think is cool. If you do the t- little tiny mini series all grouped together, here's a couple yeah. of overarching plots. Here's some guys in some yeah, terrible was... masks. That was something they did in uh, Enterprise Season 4, and I haven't seen it done a whole lot of other places where they do, like, two or three little arcs, like, or they do, like, 
two or three episode arcs that were just really strong. Anyway, I'm hoping that's what they're doing here. Uh, They're not going to do that. This is going to be more serialized. It's going to be three, looks like three big stories or two big stories and one small story in the middle. Okay. Um, now, um, (laughs) there was an interview with, uh, Gotham executive producer, Danny Cannon, um, with uh, Buddy TV, uh, Meredith J. Jacobs uh, put up this uh, highlight, these highlights of the interview, and I'll be kind of using that to go off of. Um, apparently there's going to be a lot of new characters coming in. Uh, they're going to be creating two new original characters and two well-established characters, and uh, they're going to dig deep into their origins, uh, Hatter and the continued growth and origins of Poison Ivy. Um, he says, we discover and find out about and understand and see the origins of the Court of Owls and their grip on Gotham and their power. Um, Alice is going to be Mad Hatter's sister hmm. in this version. That's okay. um, fine. Gordon Gordon is going to be refusing to see himself as a police officer. Um, he's kind of damaged physically and mentally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why he becomes a bounty hunter. Yeah. I do love the idea Apparently, of bounty hunter Jim. Yeah, and Barnes is going to be, like, holding down the fort at the GCPD with Bullock, who is, quote, very instrumental in helping him do that. And that sounds really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting quote here. Something will happen where Gordon can't deny his DNA anymore. Mm. Is that, like, metaphor? Like, he can't, he's a, he's a cop and he's always been a cop? Or it, I, it, that's, it Is he a monster? Yeah, it could go either way. Is he a Wayne? Is he a <laughs> Wayne? Be great? Are we going to... St- Start doing the Wayne thing as Petrelli's Uncle, from Heroes. Uncle like, Wayne. everybody's a damn Wayne. I forgot about <laughs> Uncle Wayne and all the pictures. <laughs> Uncle Gord Wayne. Um, at some point you have Alfred going, oh, I thought I recognized you. Damn. I'm a little worried they might actually do, like, with Gordon, what they did with Dick in the uh, Quarter, Al- Quarter of Owls storyline, the Gray Sun thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. Hopefully not. I mean, the Gray Sun thing um, is cool. This is really cool. Bruce is going to have to take on another identity to survive. Um, spoiled rich kid brat. That way people don't take him seriously while his agenda is so is very serious. And that's just another step toward being Batman. That's awesome. He's figuring out how to do the Playboy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Selena's going to get more backstory. Her parents aren't dead, but she's going to wind up meeting one of them, and it's not going to be good. Hmm. Um Meredith writes, the reality of the situation doesn't live up to the fantasy. It will propel her into her next identity. Propel her into her next identity is a quote from uh, from J- uh, Danny Cannon. Apparently, and this is this is something that's happened in Batman Returns. It happened in the Batman 66 series. Penguin is going to be getting into politics. Sure, because <laughs> that... No better advertising for your political career than having a citywide manhunt right. televised the year before. Well, uh, but Cannon he does have says, that bill, quote, that certificate saying that he's sane. So, yeah, Cannon has said sometimes it takes a criminal to run a crime-driven city. <laughs> that actually would be the best thing he could do as far as uh, marketing himself, right? I've always wanted to do that, like just go run for mayor under the pre- under the pretext of I have no idea how to steal from you. I don't even know how white collar crime works. Not one. Cl- I don't. I, I understand the definition of embezzlement, <laughs> but I literally don't know how to do it. I promise you, I will accomplish nothing in my term. I will be the lamest duck you have ever voted for. You will have four years of peace. I, I know what you're thinking. As soon as he gets into office, he'll learn how. Well, nah. Ask my ask my wife. I still don't know how to do laundry. You underestimate my laziness, <laughs> good good constituents. Honey, how do I do clothes? You just throw them all in there. Doesn't matter what color they are. No, that'd be fun too. Yep. Just just 
like right. have a have a little curtain right next to me and during my speech and at some point during the speech when someone says like oh yeah what if you what if you just get in there and figure it all out like they're gonna they're gonna get in there and show you I'm like nah you don't understand and pull it out like pull the curtain away and it's like five giant eight foot piles of comic books <laughs> and like, I just I line them up and go I don't have time to learn I have some catching up reading to do so I will be locking myself in a room <laughs> with these books while I'm mayor. <laughs> If you if you notice any policy changes, let me know because someone has forged something somewhere. Yeah, I'm going to forget how a pen works for the next two or three years. Before anyone, before I make any decision, I'm going to say, "What would Batman do?" Right. <laughs> those are Lucifer comics. For, forget you saw those. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Lucifer, they have released cast photos. By the way, they released cast photos for Gotham as well, and they're very similar to the Lucifer photo- photos. But uh, yeah, they're just very dark, dark backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they've released cast photos for Lucifer season two. They've also released an official synopsis for Lucifer season two. In season two, Lucifer Morningstar and his brother Amina Deal, who have been sparring over Lucifer- Lucifer's resistance to returning to the underworld, will now be brought back together for one common goal: to find their mother, Charlotte who escaped hell. After all, Lucifer doesn't take after his dad, so the parent he does resemble is sure to be quite terrifying. Lucifer's work with the LAPD also is upended when the police force hires Ella Lopez, a smart, tough forensic scientist whose mutual belief in both faith and science proves a point of interest to Lucifer. With mom on the loose, Dr. Linda Martin, who has become not only a therapist but also a confidant to Lucifer, will surely have a lot of advice to dole out. And, by the time she's done with them, she may need a therapist of her own. Wow. You know, I, a lot of that could be seen as like, ah, this would be cool. I mean, <laughs> I do like the therapist. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with you reading it like a 70s sitcom narration, it's still, I like the therapist. Oh, I didn't think there was another way to read it. <laughs> Just did what's in your heart, I understand. But <laughs> I, 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 I like her. I don't, I've, I've never really minded yeah. any of her scenes. Um, she's actually been in a couple of the great ones. I like Lucifer and Amanda Dill coming back together. That'll be, you know, they, they actually had pretty great chemistry on, on, uh, on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, people of our ilk seem to like uh, Trisha Helfer. She's that character on that show that I didn't watch. Right. Yeah. And um, um, Battlestar Galactica yeah. uh, six. Was that her name? I don't know. Six? I didn't watch it either. She was a Cylon of some sort. I, it's, it's, it's from far exceeds my knowledge of Battlestar Galactica. Um, <laughs> what did you call it? Battlestar Galactica. BSG. <laughs> stick to what I know. <laughs> um, and I'll never watch it because I know Caprica, the prequel, was canceled. So I can't Aww. I can't do it. Aww. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ronald D. Moore. I love you. I still love your Star Trek episodes. We'll forget about Generations. <laughs> hmm. Um... No, the part that's going to bore the crap out of me, I feel like, is he's going to be interested in this uh, this forensic scientist who's mm-hmm. religious and like science, and it just sounds a whole like a whole lot like they're going to do that whole like. But if you believe in science, you can't believe in God thing, and I just get so bored when I hear that. Yeah, it's is that going to be like our new philosophy one hundred and one course that we're going to be taking in yes. this for season two? Yes, I believe so. Probably. Oh, mm. I mean, yeah. sounds bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lucifer has a ton of fans. He does. I just I, and I just and none of them listen to the show. <laughs> we had as the episodes bore on, we had people actively writing and going like, "Guys, I was trying. I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm out." Yeah, we had Peace. we had. <laughs> 
mean, anyone who loves Lucifer and tunes into our show is just going to be like, these guys are a couple of dicks. Yeah. Um, Sorry in advance. So, yeah. Mm. So, uh, moving on to Supergirl. Uh, Callista Flockhart is coming back to season two. Mm-hmm. She's going to be in a limited role, though. She's going to only be recurring now, obviously, because, you know, she doesn't want to move to Vancouver for full time. So Yeah. Can't be, can't uh, be away from Harrison that long. Yeah, Kreisberg said, uh, Andrew Kreisberg, EP, said, Supergirl would not be Supergirl without the amazing Callista Flockhart as Cat Grant. We are so excited Callista has agreed to continue on the show when she can. We and the audience love to see her on screen. Well, that's true enough. I mean, and, uh, all, all of that. It makes you wonder, should we have predicted that like in the last episode when she moves her away from her office? Because that would have been hard. That would have been a hard thing to explain coming back for season two. Like, what happened? Um, she gave me an encouraging speech in a blank white office and told me to start a new life. It was a great. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, Snapper Carr is going to be, and I'm fine with that because I love that dude. As stated, dude from Felicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember his name is Ian Gomez. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's what I remember. I but yeah, I love that dude. And uh, so apparently he's going to be taking over some of the some of the screen time Cat Grant normally would have been taking. Um, so there are set picks. I don't want you guys to think that we're just ignoring the stuff. Set picks, but these aren't official. Yeah. There are set pictures that show Superman fighting somebody. Very spoilerific. I'm not going to say who it is, but it looks a but lot out like a person who has been mentioned previously in this co- podcast. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited about it because Tyler Hecklin looks pretty damn good as superman in the set pictures mm-hmm. but uh yeah, they're out there if you want to go check them out i'm not going to tell you about it though <laughs> um just that they exist so there is also there's an ad a supergirl ad <laughs> and it's been going around the internet and people thought it was real and it's not um it is it was real there's a a supergirl uh advertisement that came out that um said superman is coming to supergirl and um, someone took it and photoshopped it to say Superman is coming in Supergirl. <laughs> of course. Of course. And <laughs> because yeah, 13 year olds so... know how to work Photoshop these days. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. The digital world getting uh, younger. Yeah. And the, the designer took it really personally. Like, the designer was on Twitter. I'm sorry, I can't stay here. Big F you to the edit. Uh, to the person who edited the poster and those spreading it. I'm close to tears at work. Oh, come on, et cetera, dude. Et cetera, et cetera. That was inevitable. I know. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, of uh, course no one likes their work getting uh, sullied, really, we'll, we'll call it. But I don't have the stomach for this. It's too much. Sorry to heckling Melissa and CW. I never wanted this to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know. It's funny. I'm sorry. It's dumb. It's very juvenile. <laughs> but when I saw it, I laughed. I'm so sorry. Like somewhere Seth Rogen saw that and went, <laughs> too easy. <laughs> yeah he said too easy hey james franco pass me another blow right um so yeah that happened just you know if you saw that the it's not real there's another one that says two instead of in there's a real one <laughs> yeah so uh they took it down as i understand but there was a supergirl blooper reel for season one i'm assuming it's going to be on the dvd and blu-ray sets um but that exists Mm-hmm. Hope you got to see it. <laughs> uh, they've cast Katie McGrath as Lena Luther. Uh, she was on Merlin and Dracula. She's going to have a recurring role. There might not be a Maxwell Lord. I'm hearing. Oh, he might not make it back. Uh, he might not make it back. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm hearing. I don't know. It's not. I haven't seen anything concrete about it. But 
Um, yeah, she uh, they're describing her as beautiful, powerful, and enigmatic. Lena arrives in National City on the heels of her brother Lex's incarceration, hoping for a fresh start. Lena has taken over as CEO of her family's billion-dollar tech company, Luther Corp., which has been tarnished by Lex's evil infamy. Her goal to rebrand the Empire as a force for good. Lena wants to be seen as her own person, separate from her brother. Kara is drawn into Lena's sphere and must determine if she is friend or foe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, so, okay. There's that. Um, once again, jumping over to something that uh, Meredith Jacobs on Buddy TV did. She uh, gave us some highlights for a David Ramsey interview, and I'll be going by those notes and providing a link to her on Twitter. So shout out to her. Anyway, um, apparently at the beginning of the season, Diggle's going to be in Chechnya. Okay. And uh, (laughs) he's apparently going to absolutely have an opinion on the new team. Um, Still a man of two minds when the new season begins. He misses his family and the team and is trying to figure out why he pulled the trigger on Andy and feels guilty for Laurel's death. That just sounds exhausting yeah love it because i absolutely like why are you trying to figure out why you pulled the trigger on andy andy was a bag of dicks (laughs) andy needed to go he threatened your wife and child i mean it it seems pretty straightforward doesn't it threaten wife and child (laughs) usually doesn't get you know that Um, that doesn't end with a hug man doesn't end with a hug yeah yeah they say that you know blood is thicker than water but you know what's thicker than blood a bag of dicks right and that's what andy was right (laughs) kill him Anyway, uh, <laughs> Ramsey believes that there's going to be more Diggle flashbacks. He hasn't filmed any yet. Um, he says there or there is something coming up with regards to characters in his life in the past, and you'll see how he's dealing with things in a very visceral, visual way. Flashpoint is going to affect a lot of things. We've said that before here on this show. Yeah. He's looking forward to the four-show crossover and Diggle's reaction to Supergirl. He's even pitched his reaction to the writers. <laughs> mm. Diggle has a new helmet, finally. Um, it's awesome, he says. We'll get a glimpse of some of the extraordinary things that the helmet can do. Is for more than just concealment. Yeah, yeah. I'd heard more than just conce- uh, concealment. was pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. I hope uh, he can put beer cans in the sides. Something like and that. And it has little straws yeah. coming down on the... S- It'll yeah. be his superpower. Uh, Diggle has opinions on Lila's position in Argus, since the organization walks the line in terms of how they administer justice. Uh, there's some things that Diggle's going to find overseas that he's going to need the team, including... And he thinks the show is strongest as a, quote, street-level crime-fighting phenomenon. Um, yeah, he may, he may end up being right about that, because, let's face it, last season didn't... It, it didn't go over well. Well, well... <laughs> I think I think that's a cop out answer though. Like oh, it's better as a street. Level. Okay, I understand you think it's better as street level crime fighting thing, but you know I think it like I was completely on board with the use of usage of superpowers and magic and all that, and still am. It's just the execution of those things, and I'm not talking about special effects. I'm talking about the writing. Mm-hmm. The writing is what the problem is. No, special effects didn't look bad at all. They pulled that off. That pulled that off well. It and we talked about it before though. Like it. At the beginning of the season, it looked like it it was really going well, and then something just kind of went off the rails. Mm-hmm. And I was bored with it well before they got into superheroes and magic. <laughs> so yeah, and it was because of the writing. So you know, overall, I want the show to do well. I I want to like it, but I think everyone's kind of like moving in the wrong direction. Well, we think it's this. No, it's not. You're bad writers. <laughs> like they're not bad. They're just like no, they're, like, they're well, <laughs> relying too much on one a couple of tricks that. No, what they're doing is every with. time they every time they get a good writer, they send 
the bastard to the Flash, or, yeah, or some other show. He escapes into and, the Flash. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe they're just out of ideas. Maybe they're burnt out on Arrow. I I don't know, but. I've actually been is, worried about I think, that. I, I started to worry that that was a thing maybe somewhere in the middle of last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I truly don't believe they're bad writers, honestly. But, God, something's got to change on Arrow. Yeah. No, and um, I do specifically um, agree with, with Diggle about uh, about Diggle. Uh, when it's street level, he gets mm-hmm. to fight more. And for some reason, his <laughs> fights look better than everybody else's fights. I don't know what they it do. is. They give Agreed. him more upper body stuff, and he does it really well. He just, it's fun to watch him punch people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Mm. I, I just want the show to be so good. <laughs> I don't know. So Stephen Amell posted a picture of superhero feet on Twitter. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, the, the feet of the Flash, White Canary, Arrow, and Supergirl, and Adam. So that happened. Yeah. And everyone flipped their shit on Twitter. Yeah. Um, which we know. We knew this was coming. We knew this crossover was coming. Come on, guys. Cool it on down, babies. <laughs> It'd be all right. <laughs> Let's just hope that the Silver Banshee and uh, Livewire aren't coming back. That's just, that's the only hope I've really got. Right? Uh, Colton Colton Haynes has been seen on the set of Arrow, Echo Kellum Snapchat, and Instagram have uh, shown that Colton is back. Cool. Looks like we're going to get a little Roy. Cool. Uh, over on The Flash, Susan Walters is is cast as Caitlin Snow's mother. Everyone's kind of flipping out saying that's perfect casting. I will say, from the nose up, she looks exactly like Caitlin to me. That's, um, that's halfway there. That's all it takes. Yeah. Um, she is on the CW a fair amount already. She was apparently in the first four seasons of The Vampire Diaries as Mayor Carol Lockwood. Um, she... Sorry, I just saw this. It says, who came to an untimely end courtesy of a vengeful Claus. I'm like, oh, okay. Klaus, maybe? I don't I don't watch <laughs> the Vampire Diaries. I don't know. But it, it made me just think of, like, Santa Claus attacking her, and it made me laugh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she was also, uh, she also had a recurring role on Starcrossed. She was on MTV's Teen Wolf as Natalie Martin. She was in the CBS legal drama Reckless. Uh yeah, so everyone seems to think this is a good casting choice. I'm down I, with it. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you from anything that she's been in because, dear God, you just listed every show I've never watched. <laughs> Everyone. I mean, there's, there's plenty, plenty more, mind you, but 100 percent effort there. <laughs> I've never seen any of those. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. I, I've never seen any of those either. But you know, eh, based on how uh, how Killer Frost and Caitlin have described the character, um, you know. Well, I'm hoping she's pretty cold. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. That wasn't supposed to be a pun, but... <laughs> oh, they did it. You can, too. Um, Just, Legends of Tomorrow, they have released a Justice Society of America logo. It looks badass. It looks, like, old school, too. They've even put a... Like, Mark Guggenheim put up a picture of this thing on the set, on the on the Justice Society, like, uh, meeting table. Um, with the caption, this has me giddy. You know what? We give Googs a hard time on this show, but, you know, I kind of want to hug him when he says shit like this has me giddy. Of course it does, buddy. <laughs> that shit looks like the old 70s logo from the Justice Society of America. Um, 
He's also talking about Vixen and how she'll be an interesting counterpoint. He says, you've got Captain Cold, who was a criminal and out for himself. He's replaced by Vixen, who is the definition of a superhero. She's a member of the Justice Society of America. She's from the 1940s. Everything is prim and proper, not stuck up, but she does things right. You have this team that doesn't do things right. They're just a bunch of fuck-ups. All right. (laughs) So she's an interesting counterpoint. By the way, Mark, maybe they shouldn't be that anymore. Like, every episode they learn not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, don't. Maybe they learn something this time? Um, Commander Steel has been cast. We've already gotten a Citizen Steel, but uh, Matthew McCall from iZombie and Star Trek Beyond, I don't know who he was in Star Trek Beyond, is going to be playing uh, Henry Haywood, uh, a.k.a. Commander Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have, uh, Commander Steel and Citizen Steel, his grandson. That's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Stargirl has been cast as well. Courtney Whitmore. Yeah. Uh, is Stargirl and Sarah, uh, Sarah Gray is playing her. Sorry. Um, if I, I didn't mean to <laughs> lead you to believe a, an actress named Courtney Whitmore was playing her. No, that's Stargirl's real name in the comic. <laughs> um, but Sarah, Sarah Gray is going to be playing her. She's going to be in the upcoming Power Rangers film, too. She was also on Almost Human, Bates Motel, and iZombie. So you've seen her before. Oh, yeah, I've seen her around. Um, so, yeah. You know, I kind of wish we could see Starman in live action. Like, I'm fine with Stargirl. Like, Stargirl's awesome. But I kind of want to see Starman, too. Like, can we... Because we've seen Stargirl before. We've seen her on Justice League Unlimited. We've seen her on Smallville. She was awesome on, Star- on Smallville. Um, never really? have gotten to see Starman, really. Give it time. Give it time. Sort of like how I'm like always like, where's the where's the love for Alan Scott? Where's the love? <laughs> um, I don't know. It was sun showing up in something. <laughs> All right. By the way, yeah. Did I did I talk about that at the beginning of the show? No. Okay. Last week, uh, we reported uh, some Legends of Tomorrow news, and the news that we reported was that Obsidian was going to be a member of the JSA. I absentmindedly thought of his suit, which has always reminded me of Mr. Miracle, mm-hmm. and said, that's some new god shit, and got all wrapped up in that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then I forgot all about it. Scott on the Suicide Squad cast called me out on Twitter for it. Obsidian is not new god shit. He is the son of Alan Scott and uh, Rose Canton, uh, the Golden Age Green Lantern and Thorn, villain Thorn. So mm. that's not even a new god's thing. <laughs> Sorry. Not even I'm a dumbass. Sorry. There's a lot of characters. Excited. I got excited. He does, though. He does look like... And I think I think that's another thing that, that made me think, think of that, is I'm pretty sure, and I might be screwing up again, I'm pretty sure, though, that the DC Universe Classics line of action figures by Mattel, they offered Obsidian as a variant to Mr. Miracle. Like, they just did kind of a repaint on his on his build and made Obsidian. I think that's why I always associate it. So hmm. I, I apologize. I am a piece of shit. And well, you know. don't deserve love. That's fine. Get in your box. Mm, yes, sir. Well, after, we're, one done more re- piece of after, news. after we're done recording. Yeah. Uh, Ray Palmer put out <laughs> Ray Palmer. Brandon Ralph put out. <laughs> He's Ray Palmer now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Brandon Ralph, uh, Superman, uh, put out a picture um, of Brandon his Ralph, character Ray Palmer. Right. He put out a picture of his character Ray Palmer, the yeah. Adam from mm-hmm. Legends of Tomorrow. On uh, I think it was Instagram. Um, he's got a big bushy beard and long hair, and he says Ray Palmer isn't stranded on Leon Yu. 
but I think this wig slash beard rivals Oliver Queen's lost at sea look. Um, the yeah. stick was an impromptu addition to the scene. Find out where Ray is in the second season of Legends of Tomorrow, October 13th. Uh, it's a fun picture. If you're not following these guys on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, you're missing out. They do put some funny shit on their uh, on their Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. So, hmm. and inadvertent spoilers pop up at times. So, hmm. Hmm. or maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, that's, right. that's all. That's all the news I have. Uh, it's always <laughs> an awkward time in the show when all the news is amount. gone. Hmm? I mean, it, it felt like a solid amount. <laughs> it's, it's, it's solid. Yeah, it's it's um, you know these were these were marathon shows the last couple of weeks with you know San Diego hitting us, mm-hmm. and Suicide Squad dropping. Just mm-hmm. we couldn't believe there was more news. Yeah, there wasn't a lot, but I mean yeah. there was. This is like this is a normal amount of news to me. Yeah, it's pretty normal. I'd say seven to nine pages is pretty normal, and we've got nine. Almost exactly, completely nine. Yeah. I. So I don't know if you've been following, but uh, following along in the conversation, but our buddy uh, Eli Ophelders is apparently going to start a podcast. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that part. I've, I've fought along yeah. where, where I could, but uh, and I've been meaning to get back to him and will, but yeah. I've barely he, been uh, by my computer here recently. Yeah. Well, uh, he and I have been talking, and uh, I don't know what his, I don't know what the show's going to be called. Um, but he's a good friend of ours. He's a good friend of the show. He's a listener, and uh, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. So I look forward to like, He sent uh, me a link to his YouTube videos, and uh, he's a pretty funny guy. I'm yep. looking forward to the show. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'll, sure. I'm going to pimp it out on the show. <laughs> We've already started. Because that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. So I don't know. I got nothing else, really. Nah. Nah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty wrapped up. Yeah. Thank you for listening to DC On Screen. You can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com. Remember to go and give us those five-star reviews on iTunes. And, uh, I don't know, what, like, let us know about it. Because you're going to be entered into this contest to get your trade paperback or DVD slash Blu-ray. So that is happening. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. I believe we're both going to try to make it onto Breaking the Panel on Wednesday for a Suicide Squad roundtable event. We're going to try to. I believe I'm in, whether Jason does or not. Um, I've, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've had, a, had a couple late nights here. Mm. So, see, anything else? Uh, that'll be good for now. Yeah, call it. Until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.